Healthy Hacker, Episode 9. Welcome to The Healthy Hacker, where we talk about programming, puzzles, memory fitness diet, and everything else that you, a healthy hacker, find interesting. I'm Chris Hunt, and this week we have another special guest, Jeff Duncan, who's the owner and a trainer at CrossFit Pearl District. He's going to come on the show to talk about CrossFit, what it is, what it's not, and how it's probably different than any other fitness program you've tried. Before we get into that interview, though, let's do the workout of the week. The workout of the week is a section where I take a workout that I've done recently or that I've seen recently or a workout that just looks fun and I tell you all about it and hopefully sometime this next week, you'll get a chance to try the workout yourself. The workout for this week is actually a workout I just did today. So super fresh in my mind and it was a lot of fun. This workout has three different exercises. It has a 2000 meter run, 150 sit-ups and 100 push-ups. And the way this workout works is you do all those things, the 2,000 meter run, the 150 sit-ups, and the 100 push-ups in whatever order and partitioning scheme that you want to do. So if you hate running and you want to get that out of the way first, then just run 2,000 meters to start the workout and then move on to the sit-ups and push-ups. If you love sit-ups and push-ups and want to start with those first, that's cool too. If you want to break it up so you have more rest time, like For a lot of us, 100 push-ups seems pretty much impossible, so we're probably going to want to break that up. You can do 10 push-ups and then 15 sit-ups and then another 10 push-ups and then 15 sit-ups and do that all the way till you reach 150 sit-ups and 100 push-ups and then go for a long run. Whatever you want to do, that's kind of the fun of this workout. It's a choose-your-own-adventure, break it up however you want. If you're not sure how to do a sit-up or a push-up, then I've got some videos in the show notes you can check out at healthyhacker.com slash nine. The key things to remember with a push-up is at the top, you want to lock your arms out all the way. And then when you bring your body back down to the ground, just make sure your chest hits the floor before you push yourself back up again. And with the sit-ups, we talked about these before on another episode, but the key here is on your way down, make sure you hit your shoulder blades on the ground. And then when you come back up to your feet, Just touch your fingers right on the tip of your toes or in front of your toes, whatever's most comfortable. So that's it. Like I said, I did this today. It took me a little less than 17 minutes. Give it a shot. And if you want to leave your time in the show notes so other people can see it, that's cool too. And now it's time to travel to my kitchen table in my apartment and sit down with Jeff Duncan, the owner at CrossFit Pearl District, to learn all about CrossFit and how he started his gym. The perfect place to start would be just to start with the definition. Okay. What is CrossFit? So CrossFit is a core strength and conditioning program. Mm -hmm. Um, There's certainly this aspect that we see a lot out in like ESPN and that sort of thing these days of CrossFit as a sport. And there's certainly that component to it. But at the very base, it's a strength conditioning program. You can think of it in a couple different ways in terms of that strength conditioning program. Um, one is developing kind of what we consider broad and general fitness or general physical preparedness. And then you can also think of it in terms of your body and strengthening your core and everything else Mm -hmm. out and around Mm -hmm. it. So yeah, you know, at the base it's, it's a strength conditioning program. You know, we're, we're looking for fitness. We're looking to, um, improve different aspects of fitness. We think of in terms of 10 aspects of fitness Things like strength and speed and stamina, um, endurance, see, coordination, accuracy, balance. Was that seven? Let's see, seven. <laughs> I always get these. Let's see, if I go in order, restarting. This is a challenge. My memory. Let's see. Cardiovascular endurance, uh, stamina, strength, and flexibility. Now, all of those four are improved through what you'd consider training. Mm-hmm. The next two are kind of hybrid, and those would be speed and power. Mm -hmm. Those are improved through practice and training. And then you have balance, coordination, uh, agility, and accuracy. And those would be improved through practice. So thinking back to what is CrossFit and what is fitness and what are we trying to work on here, um, we're really trying to focus on all 10 aspects of fitness. And you mentioned 
practice and training. Practice what's, and what's training. the distinction? Why, what are the, how are those different? Um, so thinking about the aspects of fitness uh, that would be improved through practice. So um, like agility, accuracy, balance, and coordination, things that aren't necessarily, um, you know, you need to get in those repetitions mm-hmm. of if you want to work on your balance, you practice it mm. versus training your balance, if, if that makes sense. Training, when we think of things like flexibility and strength, you don't necessarily practice your strength. Like you might practice your feats of strength, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but to improve improve your strength or improve your flexibility, um, that comes down to more what we consider training. Um, speed and power are kind of, you work on a little bit of both. If you want to get faster, well, you got to practice and you also have to kind of have that training aspect of it. Okay. Is there a typical formula for a workout then to help meet all those goals? Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, we've, I think as a training program in CrossFit, we've taken a look at a lot of different training methodologies out there mm-hmm. and we've, we've brought in a lot of those, those movements mainly because we see the success they have in their different kind of areas of expertise. We look at gymnasts and what they're doing to do their training and be the best at gymnastics. Mm-hmm. We look at the Olympic weightlifters, the power lifters out there and see what they're doing in their training um, to become, you know, the strongest. And then you look at, you know, endurance athletes, um, whether that's biking, swimming, running, rowing, mm. um, what they're out there doing with their training. And then we bring in those kind of different aspects of training and different methodologies and we start to incorporate that into our training. So when you talk about programming, we generally break it down into those kind of three categories of weightlifting, gymnastics, and I guess what we'd consider monostructural kind of uh, metabolic conditioning. Mm. So kind of repetitive motion type movements of, again, the running, rowing, uh, swimming type movements. The endurance type things. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes down to programming, we try to include different combinations of those. So, for instance, the workout we did today, or you did today already, mm-hmm. uh, was a eight-minute AMRAP, so as many rounds and repetitions as possible in eight minutes, of 20 kettlebell swings and 20 double-unders. Kettlebell swing would be considered a weightlifting movement, mm-hmm. moving external weight. And then the double-unders, kind of that repetitive-type motion, I guess we'd consider uh, double-unders more of that kind of endurance mm-hmm. or uh, monostructural uh, metabolic conditioning. Um, so that workout is a couplet, two movements combined together, and it would be considered a, you know, if you look at a programming template, it would be considered a W, a W for weightlifting, and a M for that monostructural metabolic conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, so a W and an M. If you looked at, so we also did a second component to your workout today, which was kind of the skill strength work today, and that was some uh, snatches. Yep. You did a, let's see, a hang power snatch, a power snatch, an overhead squat. Mm-hmm. If we just look at look at that component, it would basically be just a, a W, so just weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of other workouts you did recently. Um, last Tuesday, I believe, when we did the rowing. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, I remember that uh, one. What, what did you end up doing? Uh, I did the, I did a 500-meter row. 500-meter row. As fast as I can go. Okay. And I got one minute and 31 seconds on one that. One minute 31 seconds. Yeah. Nice. So just single, single movement, mm-hmm. um, single modality. Um, and that would just be the M. So options are the W for weightlifting, the G for gymnastics, or the M for that monostructural yeah. metabolic conditioning. So that was a M workout. Got it. Um, we'll see a lot of triplet, like we'll see a lot of triplets and couplets, mm-hmm. um, meaning two or three movements. So your classic. Your classic triplet, um, you're familiar with some of the CrossFit has some named workouts, mm-hmm. um, whether that's their benchmark workouts. Uh, some of them are named after girls. One such workout is called Helen. Mm-hmm. Helen consists of three rounds of a 400-meter run, 21 kettlebell swings, and 12 pull-ups. So you have it's a WGM. So it has a weightlifting component. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the kettlebell swings, um, a gymnastics component, which is the pull-ups, and an M component, which is the running, so the monostructural movement. So kind of your classic triplet uh, workout there. Mm-hmm. 
And that's not to say, you know, you have to have it like that. Some workouts might be three W's. So you may have three different weightlifting movements. Other workouts you may have, um, there's a classic CrossFit workout called, uh, let's see, why am I blanking out? Cindy. Cindy is a 20-minute AMRAP. As many rounds and repetitions as possible in 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, and 15 air squats. Air squats we also kind of consider a gymnastics bodyweight movement. Mm Mm-hmm. So all three body weight movements. So you can have more than just one movement of, of a type. Kind of taking a step back, programming throughout the week, throughout the month, whether you're looking at smaller cycles or larger cycles, mm-hmm. is going to include large numbers of combinations of those components. You know, In a month-long period, you may do five different uh, workouts that are triplets that include uh, WGs and Ms. Mm-hmm. Um, so weightlifting, gymnastics, and that monostructural stuff but they may all be different workouts with different movements. You may never do a movement twice. Hmm. Um, some you may share combinations um, or have different you know, weights or loads involved. Um, so there's a lot of different moving pieces to, to the equation. So I, I guess I should mention that you own a gym. <laughs> I own a gym, <laughs> and yes. And you, um, you program all the workouts at that gym too, right? Yes. Okay, I, so for you then, how do you, you mentioned like week-long and month-long planning do you, do you do it by a month monthly basis or weekly basis how does that work i so i don't program super far in advance mm-hmm. um, sometimes i'll be programming the night before mm. um, i feel strongly you know there's a balance between one is it's important to program around kind of your membership mm-hmm. um, i kind of realized that earlier on where i had a when i first opened up you have your super beginners of people who you know, if I program a 135-pound snatch, um, none of them are going to be able to do it. Yep. Um, like, you I can certainly do that. <laughs> do that. And, you know, all CrossFit's, you know, scalable, um, you know, everything, you can certainly scale that back to a PVC pipe if you have to. Mm-hmm. But to some degree, if everybody every single day is always scaling a workout, your, your programming may not be appropriate for your, your demographic. Mm. So the programming has definitely changed as the membership has changed, as the membership has become more proficient with movement. Um, That being said, if we go through a month where suddenly we have 12 new people in the gym, the programming may start to trend towards that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Again, everything's scalable. So you're going to have your heavy workouts that are going to have to uh, scale. But throughout the week, I try to stick to a broad range of Sorry, program towards a, a broad range of capabilities. Hmm. I feel like uh, throughout the week, you get a feel for how everybody is recovering. Sometimes you may program a workout and realize it's five times <laughs> harder hmm. uh, than you thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I can think of a couple examples. Some of this more simple workouts you program tend to be the most brutal. Uh-huh. One such workout, which we've done a couple times, is a 10-minute AMRAP of, you. let's see, you lunge 50 feet, and then you do 10 goblet squats, and then you lunge 50 feet again. Mm-hmm. And it's just this constant kind of beat down of your legs, yeah. and it leaves people hobbling for two to three days. It's, it sounds simple, but there's um, no rest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Could you, uh, you said AMRAP. Can you tell us what AMRAP means? AMRAP, uh, as many rounds and repetitions as possible. Okay. So along with kind of talking about programming again, programming, um, there's a number of ways to program and not just along the lines of the W's, the G's, the M's, mm-hmm. and kind of having different focuses on a workout. Um, so you may have a workout that is a time priority workout mm-hmm. where uh, you're focusing on, hey, we're going to set the, the workout cap at 20 minutes. And you're going to have priority is within that 20 minutes of completing as much work as possible. Um, you may, on the other side or the flip side, you may have a workout that is a task priority workout. So your workouts that are three, five rounds, uh, descending ladders, 21, 15, nine repetitions, those are more task priority. Mm. Um, you start to work out, and once you finish all the reps, you record your time. With the time priority workouts, it would be how much work you can complete in that minute or that 20 minutes or mm. that 10 mm-hmm. minutes. There's a couple other different structures, but for the most part, you kind of prioritize uh, one or the other. If you have a single modality workout, 
like establish a one repetition max snatch, mm-hmm. it's more kind of uh, load or other type of focus there where you're just trying to, you know, it's max load. It's not, there's not really a time cap to it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you need to complete the lift successfully, um, but you're focusing less on kind of the time or rounds and repetitions mm-hmm. you know, allowing yourself to recover task. a little bit more focus on form, yeah re- you know re- yeah. recovery isn't going to be an issue yeah and necessarily establishing a one rep max like we want you to have more often than not we want you to have some rest mm-hmm. um, involved so you can recover and, and and optimize your your next lift so you mentioned times and how you keep track of that with like the different types of workouts and yep. uh there's you know there's the amrap which you have a set block of time and you're trying to do as many rounds of whatever the exercise of the day is and then you have other things where you're just trying to do the exercise as fast as you can and one of the first things that totally threw me off because i've never done this before uh, when working out is having a giant clock on the wall the entire time counting up or counting down depending (laughs) on the exercise and i have to do all this work and then everybody knows how fast i did it or how much weight i lifted and then and then when i get done i have to write that score on the whiteboard what's that all about um, there's a lot of different components to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the great parts of, of CrossFit is um, it's very community-based. Mm-hmm. Um, my gym and every other CrossFit gym out there, there's very much a community within the gym. Obviously, those communities are going to differ based on location, demographics, that sort of thing. But each gym has its own own community. Most gyms as well have a whiteboard involved. Mm-hmm. Um, some have electronic whiteboards. Some have the old uh, dry erase markers. Um, some have chalk chalkboards. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, consistently, any CrossFit gym that you walk into, um, you'll see a, a whiteboard in there. And you'll be recording your times and your weights um, or your repetitions after the workout. I think that goes a long way as far as just kind of building accountability and... Um, allowing people to kind of see and get to know the community around them. Now, for somebody who's newer to CrossFit and walking in there and suddenly being, you know, looking around and being, oh, there's this clock and I have to record my times and <laughs> people are going to see what I do, that can certainly be a shock. Mm-hmm. I think at the at the same time, if you're new to CrossFit, that really shouldn't be the the main focus. For people who are newer to CrossFit and are walking into a gym, you know, I think the goal is to you know, learn how to move correctly. Focus on, you know, we talk about focusing on mechanics and consistency before the intensity. Mm. You know, certainly long-term, we want to be able to develop all three of those, but it's very much build the mechanics first, learn how to move properly, learn how to move safely, mm-hmm. be able to do that consistently so that, you know, you may be able to do that under no stress, under, you know, no weight or load, and suddenly a clock starts, your adrenaline spikes, and you have a... 100-pound barbell in your hand, and all that could go out the window in the name of, you know, faster times mm-hmm. or being competitive. Um, I think particularly for the uh, the untrained or the just the people who are newer to CrossFit, that's not where you're going to see the most benefit. You know, certainly there are competitive CrossFit athletes out there that that's going to drive their progress a little bit more, and they'll want to pay a little bit more attention to that. You know, they come in, and I see on the board that Joe did 225 pounds on his one by 20 back squat. Yeah. Um, and I know that I can do that. And, you know, it almost holds me accountable for coming in and, and, and working hard versus uh, maybe I just feel like I'm going to do 155 pounds a day and call it at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think, you know, that community aspect, that whiteboard, um, you know, whether it's accountability or whatever else, you know, I think it goes a long way as far as uh, helping people progress and develop within the, the methodology. And even with your keeping track of your own weights, I mean, this happened to me like earlier, it was yesterday that we did the one by 20 back squat yep. where you do 20 reps of this, you do 20 reps basically without resting of a weight. And we happened to do that exercise like three or three or four weeks ago. Yeah, I think we did it two weeks ago. Yeah. So you already knew my weight. I knew what I did last time. Yep. So now I had like this pressure to do you know, a little bit more at least than yep. what I did last time. Whereas if I wasn't keeping track of that, it just kind of... Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, thinking about you specifically as an mm-hmm. athlete and, and myself as your coach, I've kind of identified that, hey, Chris has really good mechanics in his back squat. Um, he's getting great range of motion. He's maintaining good positions through that. You know, the first time you did it, you did it at 225 pounds, which mm-hmm. is terrific. 
and being able to think back to two weeks ago and realized, hey, that's difficult, but he's still, you know, maintaining good form and able to successfully complete the 20 reps. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can we can add a little bit of weight to that. Mm. You know, I think there's a, you know, you look at things and uh, if it's appropriate, you you look to add more. If you had come in two weeks ago and either failed at 17 reps or, you know, your form had gone to uh, hell in a handbasket after 15 reps, mm-hmm. maybe we would have kept you at the same weight. Maybe you would have dropped your weight uh, lower this week to try to get just a better set. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways that we can define progress. I think one kind of word of caution is just there are different ways to define progress, especially within CrossFit. I think one thing that athletes I see and, and myself as well included in this is that people get too wrapped up in the whiteboard. They get too wrapped up in uh, what that other person is doing and what they think they should be doing mm-hmm. or what they've done before and just realizing, hey, this is where I'm at and this is what I need right now and this is what will help me prog- progress more long long term. We get a lot of athletes coming in from out of town as you're, you've become familiar with mm-hmm. and it's this thing of John comes in from out of town and having sat on a plane for 10 hours and been in a car for another two hours and hasn't worked out in a week and knows he has done 225 pounds on this one by 20 back squat before, uh, but is tight and stiff Mm -hmm. and, you know, has been here for a bachelor party and has been drinking last night. You know, it's like, well, maybe today isn't the day to go and set that PR. Maybe the day today is the day to just, you know, work on some of the small things and, not necessarily be driven by just the weight, but uh, just moving well and, you know, making small improvements here and there. Um, so I think the, you know, whether you're a new athlete or a veteran athlete, um, it's good to take those days where you're not just focused on, oh man, I got to I gotta put up that number on the board. Mm-hmm. And if I don't put up that number, you know, people are going to look at it and be like, oh, what happened to Chris today? <laughs> um, so I think it's being comfortable with yourself and, and that. And so... I think there's a good to bad, but I think the uh, the good far far outweighs the bad. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely had those days where I just come in and I'm like, well, today I'm gonna be happy that I'm here because <laughs> absolutely because <laughs> otherwise, you know, I I thought about not coming, so I'm just glad to get this get this knocked out of the way. So we're measuring all these things we're doing, keeping track of them. Yep. And the point seems obvious, and that is so that you can get better at doing these things. You know, you yes. want to find areas where you struggle and then improve, like find your weaknesses, for example, and then focus on those and get stronger. And And you mentioned in the beginning, CrossFit is all about functional fitness. And if I go to the CrossFit.com website, it says forging elite fitness. Yep. So what's the point of all this functional fitness? Like, what do you do with your functional fitness? Is, is it just for health reasons or is it is this to help supplement other activities that you're interested in doing or, or what's the point? As a methodology mm-hmm. and a fitness program, there are many, I guess there are many points. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of depends on the individual. Mm-hmm. We are here to provide a program that helps you develop all of those, those things. Um, as a core strength and conditioning program, my goal is to help you develop a fitness base so that potentially you can take those gains mm-hmm. um, or those improvements, uh, whether it's being stronger, faster, more coordinated, um, having more agility, um, having more endurance, and go out there and apply that to other things. Mm. For many people, CrossFit is not the end game. CrossFit is not their sport. For some, and it's a growing, growing population, CrossFit is becoming a sport. And it is a sport that people compete in and train for. It becomes difficult to talk about sometimes um, because you think of CrossFit as a training methodology or CrossFit as a sport. And sometimes I think whether it's the media or you know, even just members of the gym, even myself sometimes, uh, gets confused at what I'm what I'm actually talking about and referring to, mm-hmm. but I guess to get more directly towards your question, I think we could you know what is you what is your goal? <laughs> Before I started doing CrossFit, I was into sports. I guess I mean I guess high school I did sports, college I didn't really do sports, but I've just always been interested in 
exercising in one way or another. I went okay. through a phase where I did the, uh, you know, I'd go to the gym and do my back and thighs and my chest and tries. Nice. And that was actually a really long Monday, period. Wednesday, and Friday. Yeah, and exactly. And Tuesday and Thursday were cardio, <laughs> where I would jump rope for 45 minutes. No legs ever. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I hated legs. I mean, it's very, very typical, right? That was mo- probably most of high school and then beginning of college and stuff. And occasionally I would run or something, but running was like my kryptonite. Yeah. And then I started really getting into gymnastics. And this is in the past couple of years. Okay. I started really getting into gymnastics and loving, like, I would go on YouTube and watch, like, The Bar Stars, which is, like, yep. it's it's getting huge. But I think it started in New York or whatever. But it's just a bunch of body weight exercises. And it's crazy. It's just street workouts. They go to a park and they bust yep. out, like... Um, they're really into doing strict movements, so they'll just do like yep. you know slow strict muscle ups, and then like flip back back onto like some other piece of playground equipment, and do like a dip, and you do do some more advanced gymnastics moves, iron crosses on like the two couple set of pull up bars or whatever, and yep. and they just it's hilarious because they're just wearing like tore up jeans and they look like <laughs> they're just in great shape and they're really loving what they're doing and they're like promoting fitness and taking the political side too and trying to build all these parks so people can exercise outside yep. and, and getting people to vote on stuff. And so it was really cool. So I got into that for a while and started finding parks around okay. Portland that have pull-up bars. And there's a couple here, but nice. um, San Francisco had more. And in doing that, I started seeing videos online of CrossFit. Oh, okay. And a lot of the movements that I saw in bar stars these and gymnasts doing, I saw in CrossFit. They were different, but you know, a lot of the similar concepts were there. And at the same time, um, I saw the benefits because I used to lift a lot of weights. I mean, I love the the vanity side of it, just having like the giant muscles. That's awesome. So I was like, man, I got to get back into that. I got to get my strength back. I got to get my <laughs> gymnastics back. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's good to have muscles. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I visited, um, there's a couple CrossFit gyms here in Pearl. And the one that was closest to where I lived uh, was your gym. And that's the one I went to first. Nice. You, I think, were out of town when I first went there, but Joe was there okay. at the time. And yeah, he just seemed like an awesome guy. The gym was super clean. And I just had, I had a good time. Like my first, I don't remember what my first workout was, but uh, yeah, I don't remember what my first workout was. That's too bad. But <laughs> I, I do remember leaving and feeling exhausted, but in a, in a different way. It was, okay. in a, it, it was, the workout was really short. Okay. It was, it was like five Amazing minutes long. Amazing what you can accomplish in yeah, a five minute workout. I, I, what's the reason for that? I mean, that's definitely different than any workouts I've ever done before. I'm used to going to the gym and spending 30 or 45 minutes yeah. and doing a bajillion different exercises and then leaving. But every CrossFit workout I've had is like five to 20 minutes would be a long one. So yeah. it's like five minutes, 20 minutes. And I feel like I got a good workout when I got done. Absolutely. What, yeah. what, you what's know, that I, about? I think there's a... I feel like most people have, you know, gone on a long distance run. Um, I feel like also most people have tried a very short sprint. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of think about the way, you know, you do a hundred meter sprint and you think of how, you know, if you're truly running as fast as you can, how that leaves you afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, or you think about doing, um, I think one of the worst workouts I've ever done is was eight 200 meter repeats where you'd sprint 200 meters, and actually at the time we were doing a slight incline up the street, mm-hmm. and then you'd walk back, which was probably about a minute of walking, um, <laughs> slow walking, mm-hmm. and then you'd turn around and you'd do it again. Mm-hmm. And I just remember my hamstrings feeling like they were going to fall off my body. And it was worse than I would have felt from you know going out there and running 10 miles. And I think what it boils down to is kind of that intensity aspect um, that really kind of forces the adaptations of your body. You know, other examples, you know, I remember the, the days of being in the gym and, and doing the dumbbells and doing the bench press and just not making progress. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking in what it was, whatever the muscle and fitness magazines were or online and seeing these programs and being like, okay, well, here this guy's doing you know, Ronnie Coleman's out there doing his three sets of 10 and, oh, he's focusing on uh, more volume or or whatever else. And he's doing supersets or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, drop sets or whatever else. And going and trying to do that and still not making impro- any progress. And I think one of the aspects was, you know, if you've ever trained by yourself is for most of us, it's really difficult mm-hmm. to get yourself fired up and motivated to really, truly push yourself. We all like to stay in kind of that comfort zone of, 
hey, I feel like, yeah, this is this is good. I feel like I'm doing some work here, but you know, I'm not really going to push myself. I'm standing in front of a mirror with 10 other people and, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to leave big sweat marks on the equipment and I don't want to make weird grunting noises. Mm-hmm. I know none of these people and I don't want to look weird. And so I'm just going to kind of stay in my comfort zone. You know, I don't really know what I'm doing mm-hmm. and I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to go over to the bench press and pin myself with the bar. So <laughs> right. I'm going to stay with a little bit lighter weight and rightfully so. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to make make that progress. I think stepping into a CrossFit gym and the environment, particularly with having a coach and other athletes who are in a similar vulnerable situation, you know, it just creates an environment that, you know, you're willing to go out there and push yourself. Um, You know, hopefully you have a great coach that is watching you and, you know, is instructing you to move better and move safely and make smart decisions. And hopefully you as an athlete are also making smart decisions at the same time. But I think that allows for a lot of a lot of growth of just getting out of that comfort zone mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, having the instructor has been huge for me. Just a lot of the, especially with the Olympic lifts. Yep. They're really intimidating at first because yeah. there's a lot of technique involved. And I feel like I could probably watch a video on YouTube and mimic that and end up looking nothing like the video <laughs> on YouTube, but not know it. Yep. So it's been really nice having an instructor. What, mo- what motivated you originally to be an instructor um, and open your own gym? <laughs> Actually, kind of just that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So similar story. Similar story. Uh, played high school sports, went to a small private school. I think I had like 60 or 70 people in my class. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the high school had maybe 250 people. And if you have any little bit of athletic talent, you're going to play a sport. If you have a little bit of, you know, a little bit more than that, you're going to play two sports. And if you're an athletic person, you're going to end up playing three sports. Mm-hmm. So for myself, my main sport was baseball. That's what I what I really enjoyed. And then, uh, let's see, I started with soccer. Um, eventually switched to football my senior year um, just because they, they needed a cornerback. I had never played football in my life, um, but I was somewhat athletic and fast. And so the coach was like, hey, if you want to play, I'll, I'll start you. <laughs> Starting cool. cornerback. Sounds cool. Or nice. corner, cornerback. Oh, corner. Okay, cornerback. I thought you said quarterback. I'm like, nope. it just randomly picked a dude <laughs> to play quarterback. That would have been interesting. <laughs> so yeah, played played sports through high school. Mm-hmm. Went out to college, didn't play any sports, um, but continued to stay active. Um, somewhere along the line, uh, let's see, during summer, I would come back and work at a YMCA with my friend Ben. Uh, we ran a program and we were counselors at a, a program called Fit for Fun and Summer Sports Fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we worked with kids probably ages 5 to 15. Mm-hmm. We'd run kind of uh, active activities for them. You know, many of them, they were kind of like athletic sports-related activities of them running around, getting them moving. And the YMCA I worked at had a gymnastics facility in the back. Mm. So myself and um, one of my other friends and, and camp counselors, we'd go back there after working and mess around on the gymnastics equipment. We used to call it neo-gymnastics, which we termed uh, gymnastics for the less flexible man. <laughs> and we'd have like, uh, <laughs> we'd have, we'd play like horse with uh, neo-gymnastics. Mm-hmm. My friend, my friend Cuddy, he wasn't very flexible. And so one of them would just be touch your toes. And so I'd usually get a, give him an H for that one. Um, but we'd mess around. We'd do weird tumbling things. We'd try backflips on trampoline. Probably through those backflips onto trampoline of just landing in weird positions that I ended up throwing out my back. Oh. And that was just not a fun experience. For a long time, it felt like I was a 70-year-old man. Mm-hmm. And being 21, 22 at the time, it just wasn't great. I'd have my good days. I'd have my bad days. Anytime I picked up something off the floor, I'd be bracing myself on my knee you know, I'd find my ways to work out and lift, but some things I just couldn't do, didn't mm-hmm. want to try. About a, probably about a year, maybe even a year and a half, two years into that, I decided this is not for me. I can't imagine living the rest of my life like this. How do I get stronger? How do I, you know, fix the damage I've done? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Help. And so did some research, and my general thought was, well, I injured my back for a reason. One was doing stupid things I didn't know how to do. And two was that I just wasn't strong enough. 
I didn't have, you know, I'd never really done back exercises before. And so I started deadlifting and squatting. Similar thing of looking on YouTube, looking for some videos on deadlifts and squats. So cool. Oh, I can do that. Uh, I got a barbell, threw some 45 pound weights on it and off I went. Mm -hmm. Probably within a month, all of my pain was gone. Regardless of whether I was doing it correctly or not, just the simple fact of training those areas of my body made huge improvements. And so I started lifting more and more frequently, probably also bench pressing three times a week. Um, Mm -hmm. And I would incorporate some running and sprinting into my workouts. And so I went along doing that. Um, I was coaching at the high school. Um, I had since kind of graduated college and I was coaching at the high school um, in my free time coaching some baseball. And so I had access to their facilities. I was working in the financial advisory industry, continuing to work out on my own. Mm -hmm. I knew somewhere along the line that I wanted to learn more about Olympic weightlifting. So the clean and jerk and the snatch. I had a friend that had done some Olympic weightlifting in kind of high school and it seemed, you know, cool, seemed interesting. And I really knew, I, I knew that I didn't know. I knew that I didn't know and I knew that I needed to learn more in order to even get into it. Yeah. Um, so I started doing some research, didn't really find any options as far as like, oh, there's an Olympic weightlifting coach that lives next door that I can go to and train with. It really wasn't that. Mm-hmm see what year would this have been maybe 2008 and I was living in Washington at the time and actually came down here to Portland Oregon to visit a friend and somewhere along the line while I was down here we were on the computer and looking at YouTube videos and we saw this YouTube video of the CrossFit games Mm -hmm. and there was this guy doing I think it was Jason Kalipa he was doing Fran uh, or not Fran he was doing uh, clean and jerks 155 pounds, squat cleaned overhead, 30 repetitions. And I remember just watching that and being like, wow, that's cool. I want to learn how to do that. Jason Khalifa's a beast. Indeed. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I went back home and kind of like, cool, CrossFit sounds cool. I was walking. I was living downtown Tacoma at the time and was going to grab some teriyaki food about a block away. And I walked past this big kind of, open window and I saw some Olympic weightlifting plates and some rings and this big tractor tire and they were closed at the time um, but I was like oh that looks cool and it's a block away from my house mm-hmm. so I went back the next day and walked in and talked to a guy named Morgan asked him you know do you guys do Olympic weightlifting And he's like yeah yeah cool you know that's what I want to learn and so you know he told me to you know come back and try it out and I did and it was great. You know, at the time, I still had my membership to the YMCA. I still had access to the high school, just having just graduated college and being on a budget, not wanting to spend a whole lot of money. I was like, cool, I'll sign up for a month. I'll learn as much as I can. Then I'll go back on my own and, and keep doing stuff. So I spent a month there and loved it. It was great. I was totally hooked. Learned a lot of great things. And then after my month was up, I went back to the high school weight room and I tried to do a workout. I tried to do Fran. Fran is 21, 15, 9 repetitions of thrusters and pull-ups. Thrusters, thrusters are at 95 pounds for men. So 21 thrusters, 21 pull-ups, 15, 15, 9, and 9. Mm-hmm. I think I got through, I think I got through the first round. So 21 and 21, and I think I stopped on the 15s. Just totally stopped. Totally stopped. Yeah. And this was probably maybe six minutes into the workout. I just stopped. I quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was doing it alone in the high school weight room and the level of just horror I felt, um, my body just did not want to continue. And I stopped, went back to the gym next day, CrossFit gym, signed up for another month and haven't looked back. <laughs> you know, there was something about, I don't know, you see all these t-shirts of CrossFit people have with their crazy slogans on the back most of which I'm not too big of a fan of, <laughs> of um, my mom's fitter than your mom or mm-hmm. whatever else. It's like those bumper stickers. Yeah, yeah, but there is something about that pain and suffering you go through, especially in the beginning of, man, I just don't want to go through that alone. And you know that community, having that community around you for that and realizing that everybody else is working hard and everybody else is feeling that same amount 
of just fatigue and wants to stop as much as you do, but nobody does. And everybody keeps going. You know, obviously people are going to scale things differently and you know, if you injure yourself, obviously you should stop. But, you know, knowing that you're around a lot of like-minded individuals that are there to work hard and they're there to make progress and gains and to get a little bit better every day. And I just thought that was amazing. You know, it's not something that you run into every day. Mm -hmm. Continuing through that, um, I was working in the financial advisory business at the time, decided I didn't want to do that for the next 40 years of my life. Looked at into making a change of career. Didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I really enjoyed coaching, but kind of knew at the time that being a career high school strength conditioning coach probably wasn't very lucrative. But, you know, looking at different options, I had a degree in financial economics. How does that apply? Do I need to go back to school? And as I got further and further down the line, I made the move to Portland, um, started to look into training opportunities. You know, I was always kind of acting as a sponge, trying to learn as much as I could about um, coaching and training. Eventually got to the point of, I'm going to open up my own gym. I was I actually helped someone else open up their gym, and that wasn't a great situation. And so I got out of that and realized, hey, I know how to put together a business plan. This financial economic degree that includes some business and accounting classes um, hey, this can go a long way as far as getting a business off the ground. Mm. So I put together a business plan, You know, spent a lot of time with that, uh, found a good location, which happened to be in the Pearl District of Portland, Oregon, which mm. had a great demographic. Mm-hmm. Process probably took about a year total from kind of coming up with the business plan, finding location, signing the lease, getting a build out, dealing with permits. And then about three and a half years ago, I opened my doors and I've been training people there ever since. You, you mentioned, uh, and I guess we've talked, it's come up a lot, but there's the uh, intensity of the workouts. Absolutely. There's like for me, I considered myself in pretty good shape before I started doing CrossFit. Uh-huh. And even then some of the workouts were like, it was like constantly sprinting. I wasn't actually sprinting, but that's what it feels <laughs> like constantly sprinting for like five or six or 10 minutes or whatever. And, you know, of course you can take a break, but then the clock's running. And so you're trying to finish as fast as you can and considering form and all these things. Is there a certain level of fitness that people need to have before starting CrossFit? Or do you think it's, do you think it's safe for anybody to jump in and and start trying it if they're interested? I think it's safe for anybody to do CrossFit so long as they have, you know, the coaching and that available. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's this, there's this idea that, you're doing nothing. Anything is better than nothing. Yep. If you're sitting on your couch right now eating Cheetos with your laptop in your right hand and the TV in front of you and your iPhone in the other, you know, trying to avoid getting Cheeto stuff all over your electronics and you haven't been out of that couch and you haven't seen daylight yet today, mm-hmm. um, probably getting outside and doing something's going to help. Sounds like working from home. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like working from home. Sounds like me. (laughs) Um, You know, whether that is going to your 24-hour fitness, whether that is getting out and going for a run, um, whether that's getting out and going for a walk. Mm -hmm. Heck, you could stay in your living room and turn on the TV and tune into some fitness thing that's on TV or your P90X, and man, you're going to make a lot of progress. Long term, the question is, will that will you continue to make progress? I think that and believe that in CrossFit, there is an unknown amount of progress you can make. Mm-hmm. And I say unknown because athletes year after year continue to push the, the boundaries of what we thought was possible. We start to look at things like the CrossFit games and you go back six years and there may have been one person out of all these super fit people that could snatch 225 pounds. Jump forward six years and everybody can snatch 225 pounds. You have people out there snatching 300 pounds mm-hmm. and 325 pounds. They can run long distances and they can do body weight movements. They're just operating at this high level that doesn't seem to be slowing down. They continue to make make gains and progress and and set new records. And regardless of where you're starting at, Mm -hmm. getting off the couch is good. 
walking into a CrossFit gym is good. You know, if you have no idea what you're doing and you go on to CrossFit.com and you start to follow the workouts with your in your garage gym and you have no coaching and you maybe peek on the CrossFit journal or check the YouTube videos to figure things out, you're probably going to make a lot of progress. <laughs> There's a lot of people who've done that. Um, at the same time, eventually you'll probably realize that if you want to continue making progress or if you don't want to get injured, you probably should seek out a coach. Yeah. You should probably to seek out some help to help you along the way and to help keep you uh, moving properly and help to keep you safe and help you to keep progressing. But at the end of the day, I think CrossFit's great, great for anybody. You know, I think there's a number of ways to start CrossFit. You know, you go on the CrossFit.com again, you click the button that says affiliates and you, mm -hmm. you know, you look on the map and you find the affiliate closest to you. Go in, you know, they may have different joining uh, processes. Ours, you know, you try out a class, we'll scale the workout for you to get you, you know, just kind of familiar with what it is we do and see if it's something that, you know, is a good fit. Regardless, regardless of whether or not it's good for you, I think it's also important to find a good fit as far as communities go mm -hmm. and coaching goes. And if you decide that's great and you want to continue, um, for us, you'll go through kind of our elements course, which consists of some one-on-one -on -one sessions with the coach that will kind of give you the basics of, of what it is we do. Mm. You know, over the course of those sessions, it's not, hey, we're going to teach you how to snatch 225 pounds and you're going to be this monster of a you know athlete but we're going to identify um you know where you're at with your movements where you're at with your fitness level give you some ways to move better give you some familiarity with the movements so that you can come into the classes kind of know what's going on and we can continue to help you along the way mm -hmm. other gyms will i know we used to do this people would just learn as they go they come in sign up for a membership and keep coming in every day we'd we'd help them out as our gym has become larger, we've moved away from that. Um, but there are certainly the gyms out there that do that. Um, some will have, you know, an entire beginner's course or beginner's class. Um, there's a number of ways to start out CrossFit. Um, but at the end of the day, it's find a gym, go to the gym. And that's the most important part. Get off the couch. You know, if getting off the couch means staying in your living room and doing P90X, awesome. If you find, if you get to the point where what? Uh, sorry, what's P90X? P90X? You haven't heard of P90X? No, I've I've wow. heard I've heard it, but I don't know what it is. Is this is it like the band thing? No, like, P90X is the you know CD VHS videotape stuff that you follow from home. So it's like it's it's a it's a it's exercising a exercising in your living room. Okay, yeah, like a lot push, of, it's like a lot of body weight stuff. stuff. Yeah. Um, the the truth is, I've never done P90X. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I probably laughed about it, but you know, certainly a lot of, I'd probably say there's a handful of members that of our gym started out doing P90X. Yeah. And I think the hard thing about it is one, I, the good thing about it is it gets you out, it gets people off the couch. It's affecting a lot of people. It's getting people to move. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those people are going to see great progress and, and terrific. I think one of the things that differentiates something like P90X from something like CrossFit is that your coach is watching you move and they're going to help you get better. It's not somebody talking to you through a TV saying, keep going, keep going, keep going. Right. Myself personally, as a coach and uh, as a gym, we kind of took a personality test mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, a little while ago, mm -hmm. but my personality and my coaching kind of philosophy and my coaching style, I'm not a cheerleader. I'm not the person who stands there with the clipboard and wants to count your reps and cheer you along to keep going faster and keep moving and, and that sort of thing. If I've identified that you move well and you're familiar with things and that you could move faster and continue to move well, that's where I'll push you to move better. Um, but man, if you're new to CrossFit and you know you want to rest 10 seconds before getting back on that kettlebell because you're you don't know what side what way is up and what way is down mm -hmm. like cool do that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna <laughs> tell you to get back on that kettlebell yeah. <laughs> yet take your time and get set up and i think just having a coach and being able to help people get better and identify how to help them get better is is really where the progress is and where really where that potential for just improving your levels of fitness is so kind of related but not really this okay. is more of like learning more about you outside of CrossFit. But okay. what's your favorite thing to do on a rest day when you're not in the gym? I I like to sleep. Okay. 
That's pretty healthy, uh, right? Sleeping. So, <laughs> personality test. Yeah. Uh, took the personality test. Uh, it was kind of the Meyer Briggs mm-hmm. uh, human. Oh God, what is it? What was the website for that? I don't. I don't even something? know. There, I feel like that test is on so many different yeah. websites. Yeah, it's um, kind of an established. But uh, so my results there. I'm an INTJ. You are also an INTJ. I'm also. We have the exact um, same personality. So let's see. It's a introvert. Mm-hmm. Uh, introverted, uh, intuitive, uh, thinking and judging. INTJ. In terms of introverted versus extroverted, I am heavily introverted, mm-hmm. so which I think is a little bit different from you. I think on that test, I scored like a 89% introverted. Yeah, I don't remember where I was, but I was I was probably much lower than that. I think that. you were you were yeah. much lower. I think you might have been like 10 to 20%. Yeah. I think the thing about that which resonates with me mm-hmm. is that I get my energy from my alone time. Other people who may be heavily extroverted might get their energy from being around other people. Mm-hmm. A Friday night rolls around and it's been a long work week and they want to go out and be around other people and, and do that. Friday night rolls around for me and I want to go home. I want to eat something without cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, my girlfriend and I have a thing called No Cook Friday. <laughs> Basically that if I get home on a Friday evening, I'm probably going to be pretty grumpy and I just want to feed or I just want to eat. <laughs> and so <laughs> I don't want to go through that process. I just want to pick up something on the way home and I want to relax. Um, that's how I recharge at the end of the week. Um, sounds nice. So what about you? What do you, what do you like to do outside? Oh man, you're flipping it on me. Yeah. Flipping it on you. Well, I mean, I do recently, it's just this podcast has been sucking up all of my time and, um, it's nice. It's nice because I, when I'm not doing anything for work, for example, if I'm not um, doing something for GitHub and in my free time, I have like this pressure now to constantly be learning something new so that I could talk about it on an episode or like, Coffee, for example, is something I'm really interested in, and I've I've always wanted to learn like the way to make a perfect cup of coffee. So okay. I've started looking at like coffee competitions and 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 learning about those, nice. and then trying to get the winners of some of those sh- some of those competitions on the show. You know, okay. to say like this is how you make literally the perfect cup of coffee. You know, according to peers that enjoy coffee. So yeah, awesome. so I've I've been focusing a lot on that and just uh, trying trying to find people to come on the show and talk about the stuff that they're really good at. I think that's actually probably a good place to end then. Yeah. Um, well, well, thanks for having me on here. Yeah. Is there this anything is else you want to mention to anybody that's um, listening? I'm trying to think. Uh, no. I mean, if you want to come and check out you know, CrossFit, if you're sitting out there on the mm-hmm. couch with your Cheetos, um, <laughs> feel free to check out CrossFitPD.com. We're located in the Pearl District of Portland, Oregon. Um, shoot me an email. We'll get you in the gym and, and hopefully to give you a, a taste of, of what it is we do. All right. Your email is Jeff at CrossFit PD. Jeff at CrossFitPD.com. Awesome. Thank no you. spam, please. I already get enough of that. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Chris. And that's all we have for this week. You can find the show notes at HealthyHacker.com slash nine. And if you have a question or comment you want to share on the show, send me a voicemail at HealthyHacker.com slash voicemail. <laughs>